Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we talk about my travels, adventures, and general stick in the mudness with special guest Mike Schmidt. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. The cross breeze coming through the studio is spectacular. The light is wonderful. I think this is called the magic hour, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Or maybe that's just the personal magic that you're bringing to this. No, program. no, it is the magic hour. Let's get Megan Fox in here so we can shoot her. <laughs> so she's I at heard, her shiniest. I heard something about Michael Bay only shooting during the magic hour. I think that's, I have heard that too, and I think that's why I made that remark. Okay, well, I support it. I think that that's a great thing for Michael Bay to do. Shoot sure. only at the hour before dusk. Uh, when the light has to travel the most horizontally through the atmosphere and is the most flattering to the human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I support only shooting. In fact, I just support Michael Bay, just Michael Baying around, as long as I don't have to watch the movie. <laughs> sure, you know what yeah. I mean? It's good to know that John Turturro is working yeah. somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> John Turturro is getting money. Hey, he hired our, pa- our pal Andy Daly's in Transformers 3. I've heard that, I think. I think it's fantastic. Anyway, we've got an amazing guest on this week's uh, program. Uh, you might know him from his own podcast, The 40-Year-Old Boy. Uh, you might know him from his upcoming stage show that no one has seen yet. Uh, the 40-year-old boy, Success is Not an Option, proudly sponsored by The Sound of Young America. Uh, Friday, September 20th at the Darkroom Theater on Mission Street in San Francisco. Or August 20th. Uh, there you go, August 20th. That's the correct month. Um, <laughs> please welcome Mr. Mike Schmidt. Mike, it's great to have you back on the show. Thank you. for it, it may be held over. It may be there September 20th. I it don't could, know. It, it's likely. If you do <laughs> want to have it held over, you're going to have to supplant like uh, Harry Potter the Musical. Oh, sure. Or possibly like um, a stage production of Ro- the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Maybe. Or perhaps uh, Gay Life Story number 12. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Unfit burlesque night yeah <laughs> that's different from infirm burlesque night which is not as fun at all <laughs> yeah oh man we've performed at the dark room theater in san francisco we did our first Absolutely. monsters of podcasting sure show i did i did theater. some shows up there this year for the uh for the sf sketch fest it's a great place to do a show it's right there on mission street the folks who run it are are uh really great they live in the theater no way yeah absolutely they certainly do uh um, there's a street there's a restaurant across the street which is a Mexican food restaurant, but is all vegetarian, so something that would have meat on it has squash. <laughs> no, dude, seriously? Yeah, that's it's pretty, their, it's pretty that's tasty. That's their meat fill-in yes, is squash? Everything has, everything has squash. I'd rather have squash. I'd rather have squash as a meat fill-in than substitute meat. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you never know when you go to a Mexican joint what kind of meat you're going to get anyway. I mean, it, you know, they could say that it's Could be dog. And... They eat dog there. <laughs> Do they eat dog in Mexico? No, they don't eat dog in Jesse, Mexico. Jesse, why are you I just alienating everybody? You're thinking of the Native Americans. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I, did, I had a show once at the Dark Room. Uh, we've had some great shows there. That Monsters of Podcasting show was really a blast. Sure. We, I think we may, we may have done a, a Prank the Dean thing there one time. I did something, uh, Jordan and I, when we were doing sketches, Prank the Dean, um, we had a show at, uh, 
we had a show at the Off Market Theater in San Francisco, and it was going to be it was our biggest headlining show to that point. Um, it was like a hundred seat theater, and we, we didn't really have a reputation, so we were doing everything within our power to. That was before we were on Star Search, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is uh, before your reputation that you have now. McMahon actually yes. came. Ed, Ed <laughs> okay. McMahon came to that show, and that's how we ended up on mm-hmm. Star Search. Wow. Um, but uh, wait it, a minute. Hold on a second. L- let's look at the timeline on that. <laughs> right. Ed McMahon came this to was that. 1986. That's his Star Search. You're yeah. not an Arsenio Star Search. No, this is 1986. So you're what seven? We were five. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I was five. Jordan was four. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you guys. That's that's John Benet early. That's good for you guys. At, well, we were very precocious. <laughs> as delightful, just like now. Yeah. Um, so we we were doing this show, big headlining show. We didn't have any way to promote it really. But uh, I, so I was looking around for any way that we could promote this show in San Francisco, especially because I think maybe Jordan at the time was in Santa Cruz. Maybe he was already down in Los Angeles. Um, uh, everybody was all over everywhere except for uh, me and uh, our friend Jim, who was living in Oakland at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was pre-Facebook, people. Exactly. So oh. pre-Facebook, hard to get the word out. Well, and again, it's eighty-six. It's it's pre for you guys. It was almost pre-Face. You're five yes. and four. Sure. Yes. We had not yet developed faces. <laughs> <laughs> that comes right around the time you learn to read. <laughs> um, and so we, so I, I heard about this variety show at the Dark Room, uh, hosted by this guy called Harmon Leon. And um, I knew Harmon Leon a little bit because he'd been on The Sound of Young America. He's a guy who writes those, writes those like, I'm infiltrating blah, blah, blah articles for the San Francisco Weekly newspapers. So it's sort of like, oh, like I'm going to the Scientology Celebrity Center or whatever. Oh, he's got a collection of wax mustaches. Exactly. And, okay. He's probably doing something Juggalo related right now. I'm sure oh, he is. Yes. Who isn't? And, um, and uh, I gotta wish I was. <laughs> I watched the uh, Tom Green Juggalo video, and there's a this, oh, I haven't watched it yet. There's this amazing part where uh, this guy says, "Wait, is this where is this okay to, to be to be specific? This is the Tom Green Juggalo video where Tom Green tries to stop them from uh, throwing rocks at Tila Tequila." Uh, is this the one you're talking about? Yeah, I didn't know about the throwing rocks part, but there was a there was a there was an amazing moment. There's a well. There's one part where Tom Green is performing, and it just goes on for a really long time. It's just him saying, "When I say corn, you say on the cob." <laughs> and going back and oh, he still got it. He still got it. Um, people think that. Uh, but there's this moment where the, he's interviewing this sort of fat, middle-aged, bald guy, like not balding, like but shaved bald, sure. scary bald. And that's how did he find one of them at the Juggalo? Then? I know it was hard <laughs> to find. Um, he had to sift through a lot of two skinny twenty-three-year-old guys <laughs> with yeah. wild eyes and no shirts. Mm. Um, Don't forget the mustache attempt. But this is. <laughs> This is, is this is a direct quote from that guy uh, that was just really beautiful. Um, whoop whoop, he said. Mama Gypsy's in prison this year. She couldn't bring no space cakes. <laughs> oh. Yay! <laughs> so that's on maximumfun.org. You should look at that. But uh, getting back to the dark room <laughs> theater. So I knew Harmon did this variety show, um, and me and Jim decided we were going to do sketches at this variety show. We said, Harmon, you know, we, could we do an act, and we'll promote our show that's the next week, and, you know, it'll be great. And go to this show. Now, was Harmon actually contracted to host this show, or was he infiltrating the show as a host? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's doing, I, <laughs> doing an expose of small-time <laughs> weeknight yeah. open mics. Behind the scenes of emceeing. Yeah. And uh, we went on this show... And um, it, was the, it was in this theater. It's a 50-seat theater. 
Um, and uh, there were, um, I'm going to say, six people there. Oof. Possibly four. <laughs> um, two of them were like a 30-something African-American couple. All right. Um, who were not... Uh, I mean, on Mission Street in San Francisco, uh, it's you know it's gotten progressively tonier over the years, but but still back then you're mostly looking at you know thirty uh, five year old Mexican American women and uh, the occasional uh, hipster who's wandered down from Valencia Street one block up. So you're saying my show is going to go great? <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got it. You've <laughs> That's got your demo, audience. right? That's your. <laughs> oh, sure it is. Right. Wheelhouse. There is no. There are no sort of like middle class thirty five year old African American people in the mix at all. Okay. These people just wandered in off the street because someone said, "Hey, there's a show going on in here." And lost hipster, which I enjoy. Again, mm-hmm. very much went my wheelhouse. Yeah, and. Um, there was four people, so Harmon and uh, his co-host Mike Spiegelman, uh, a sort of a scion of the San Francisco comedy scene, a, by Spigs. all accounts a very decent... Yeah, sure, you know Spiegs. Spiegs is there, sure. Um, yeah. uh, they do about 20 minutes of what I would describe as nothing. <laughs> Just nothing. They clearly have not prepared anything for this evening's entertainment. And the audience is... Bored, upset. I mean, there's only a few people, so they can really like you know each yeah. person yeah, has their own have, reaction. And you can like, and you can you know because you have so much time to look at them each individually, you can gauge their individual specific reactions. Right, exactly. And you want to do as much time as possible for that smaller crowd. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, like a few days before this happens, uh, Jim mentions that he has to be out of town, so I'm going up solo. <laughs> so I'm doing these two monologues, one of which is my monologue, one of which is Jordan's monologue. Um, I'm going to do these two on the show. Uh, then I, I get there and I'm like, okay, I'm cutting it down to one monologue. <laughs> I'm doing one piece because I said I was going to do something. Um, and, uh, and then after they do about 20 minutes of nothing, they introduce the uh, transsexual folk singer. Um, All right. Who is insane. Man Com- to woman or a woman to man? Uh, this is a man to woman. Okay. Um, and uh, Still functional? <laughs> Uh, I didn't check. All right. I didn't check the undercarriage. <laughs> How do you not? <laughs> um, uh, it yeah, was... if, you're, if I'm going to sit and listen to a transsexual folk singer, I want to see some credentials. Yeah, I want to know what's <laughs> happening down there. Get, you've got to have a metronome working or something. <laughs> this, this, uh, this lady was uh, batshit insane. Yeah. And sang, I'd say she took up another 15 to 20 minutes of stage time. Um, and again, there's no content here. No content at all. I have. I mean, never, there was some guitar playing, wasn't there? I have some... never performed in front of a more bored and hostile crowd of six people, um, plus the two people that were in the show and I'm... the two people that own the theater and live there. I'm glad you included the number because I would have, you know, accepting today, of course. I, you I, I did my monologue. I did this monologue. Uh, he got my name wrong and didn't mention our show that was coming up, mm. and I just left. You my be- wife had been sitting in the audience. My then-girlfriend, now wife, had been sitting in the audience for this whole thing. I came out to the audience mm-hmm. after that was, and she just said to me, we're leaving. <laughs> she's never said this to me before <laughs> any time in any show. She's the most supportive, kindest person in the history of the world. She just says, we're leaving. She was sitting there like Mark Wahlberg in Boogie Nights when he's in yeah. Alfred Molina's apartment, and he's just rubbing his temples, and he goes, we're leaving. Yeah. He stands yeah. up, gone. That's what it was like, dick and all. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, I'm sure your show will go really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as I clean all the shit off of it, you just dumped on top of it. <laughs> no, but we've done it's a, it really is a great it's a great little place. I think you're I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's good. it's a great for the audience too because it's it's very like it's it's close quarters. It feels like a place where Something cool is going to happen. This is only my uh, third time ever in San Francisco. And oh. The other two times were one day each. I went to the stick once, and we were going to go to the Holy City Zoo once. I had a friend who had an interview for a radio job up there. And uh, so this, was, was, this was back when you used to perform with Robin Williams a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Me, me and Mort Saul. We were yeah. together. We were a team. <laughs> Uh, just riffing off the newspaper. Oh, that's how you I do it. You just take out the newspaper and just riff. Yeah, and um, then 25 years later, David Brenner did it, and it was just as unfunny then. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said The Stick? What is that, an old comedy club? No, 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 um, Candlestick by? Park. Oh, okay. oh, The Stick. Yeah, I went sure. to a, I'm sorry, I went to a game, uh, a Giants game, the uh, one one Giant game. So but, you went to San Francisco just to go to a Giants game? No, I went twice, and um, I lived in Tahoe. Okay. And I had a friend who had a radio interview, job radio job interviews, and I had tagged along both times with her. And uh, one time we went to a Giants game, and then the other time we went to uh, – well, I, I was going to go to the Holy City Zoo, but we wound up at the wharf, and then, you know, oh, sure. things happened. And, and then the chowder, and, <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. We bought some trinkets. Sure. <laughs> T-shirts yeah. that say who farted. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going. I, like I said, I've never been. I heard how long are you going to be up there? Uh, just the two days that I'm working. I'm, oh, it's I, a beautiful I, city. Greatest city in the world. It's a wonderful place to walk around and enjoy yourself. The Mission District. My, that will my, not be happening. It's my home. It's my, <laughs> home, my where I'm from, where I was born and raised. I will be sitting in a room sweating furiously, wondering how things are going to go because I, uh, I that's how I do things. It's going to go great. You're nice I, to say so. I have a lot. Of, I have high hopes for this operation. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> and high hopes and low expectations. And, uh, yeah. Again, I'm on. It's going to be great. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, one of the funniest guys around. All right. That's my <laughs> proclamation. I'm proclaiming that. Yeah. Um, Let's try and get that in writing. Get it notarized. Anyway, it's been a long time since I've been behind the microphone. I took some time off to go on vacation. Sure. Jordan filled in ably last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like you doubted yourself yeah, for the first Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. It was fine. You did a nice job. Well, I enjoyed thanks. the show. I listened to the show on my way back from uh, Marin County. mm mm-hmm. uh, Enjoyed listening to it very much. It was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Schmidt, guest of said hosts. Yeah, I like that. Okay. It's Do you nice. remember what your nickname was the last time you were on the show? I don't. Hmm. I think maybe we didn't. We weren't making people pick nicknames. The last time Mike was on the show was during the marathon. Okay. We weren't making people pick nicknames then. Sure. Um, well, that's the last time. Yeah, that that was that show. But I mean, the last time it was just the three of us uh, and Juanita. Juanita showed up on the phone. That was oh, that. Oh, so. Juanita's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know what? I lost my cell phone, lost Juanita's number. People have been emailing me to ask why Juanita no longer contributes to the show. It's because I lost my cell phone and had her number on it. I think we just assumed you guys had a falling out. <laughs> <laughs> she or she held out for more money. If I yeah. were, I would Contract des- negotiations <laughs> broke down with Juanita. I would, describe, uh, I, I would describe Juanita as sour-tempered and erratic. All right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. And now unreachable. Yeah, un- completely unreachable. Um, uh, it's been two weeks. Two, maybe even yeah. three weeks. I know that I had to sift through like 75 calls this week. 
Um, I didn't even make it through all the calls. So if you don't hear are the, your call are those this week, calls of complaint about uh, Jordan? Yeah, and people show? complaining about Jordan <laughs> sure. and how he said faggot like ten times. I don't Only know. 10? I don't know if it was in double digits. <laughs> I certainly said it too much. Well, let's go to the faggot tote board, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, it's cute. It's shaped like a giant thermometer. I enjoy that. <laughs> I had the, I had a very eventful couple of weeks there on vacation. I went to. Uh, uh, my wife and I, first we drove up to San Francisco, uh, went to my childhood best friend's wedding. Uh, then we flew to Massachusetts and went to Martha's Vineyard. And then we flew back and then drove to the Sierras uh, to visit my wife's grandparents' cabin. Uh, well, first Sierras. of all, I'm glad you're back uh, because I don't know if my phone could have handled more uh, photos of the the, co- the the Cape, the coast. Where were you? <laughs> with, with Martha's Vineyard, the with vineyard. Sarcastic notes about how terrible it was, I, and, and it just he's like, oh, I'm having the worst time ever. And then I open it up, this incredibly scenic view, and I'm like, Are you tied to a stake? Why? Why oh, is it this so beautiful. bad? It's beautiful there. I can see. Uh, having been now to Martha's Vineyard, I'd never been there before. I can see why which rich people and the president uh, like to hang mm. out there all the time. <laughs> uh, if I was the president, I would be fucking hanging out there. Fuck ranches. Yeah. Who needs to clear brush at the ranch when you can go to Martha's Vineyard? What are you doing at Martha's Vineyard? Are you water skiing? Uh, well, the, uh, inner tubing. He's taking photos. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful island. Uh, it's wooded on the interior. Mm-hmm. There's beautiful beaches on the exterior. Uh, you can watch the sunset, which is uh, very novel. You can watch the sunset over the water, which is very novel for East Coasters, since the sun do- since the sun rises over the water. There. Right. Um, it's just a, it's just very lovely. There's also towns. I didn't spend a lot of time in the towns. The towns are sort of what you would imagine. They're very sort of um, uh, uh, they're very sort of northeast uh, ritzy uh, tourist destinations. I see. Um, but anyway, I, my, the, this wedding I went to, the first thing I did was this wedding. Um, it was in San Francisco. It was my best friend from childhood who, um, his, his parents and my parents met in Lamaze class. And then we were born, uh, we were born in the in same, the same hospital, bathtub. in the same hospital. <laughs> yeah. Just one after the other. Boom, boom. Your there. mom's linked ankles and boom, your heads collided. Exactly. It was a, it was an experimental thing they were trying in the late <laughs> 1970s, early 1980s. Um, uh, we were born in the same hospital one day apart. We just sort of grew up together and, um, we weren't close friends after our, t- starting with around our teenage years, but still friends. We went to high school together. How come? Uh, how come what we happened? weren't close friends? He was, um, a little bit cooler than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was never a dick about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't go to the same schools. It's just one of those things, you know, you just sort of, so you didn't grow up in close proximity. It wasn't like a thing where you were friends from birth and then lived next door to one another and and made the way through. We we often visited, I mean, I I would say that two out of three weekends we spent at each other's house. Oh, okay. uh, As, as kids. But that sort of changed. But, you know, it just sort of, things just sort of change when you become an adolescent. And, you know, yes. it's just a little different. You get your own crowd, wind up with your own friends. Exactly. We played on the same baseball team through, uh, through the park leagues, you know, until we were 15 or 16. But that's about it. Sure. Maybe he la- maybe got a little more into music and you got a little more into jacks. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> In your teen years. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So <clears throat> he was marrying this girl whose parents were, uh, or whose parents were pastors. Her father was the minister of this sort of inner city, inner, inner city um, social service organization uh, in San Francisco in the Tenderloin. And um, it was just the most spectacular wedding. They closed down a block of the Tenderloin, which is, uh, uh, for folks who don't know, it's the, probably the poorest part of San Francisco. It's right 
uh, right in downtown, right off of uh, the area where um, uh, sort of right in between sort of City Hall and stuff like that and Pacific Heights and stuff like that. So it's the kind of area of town that you can close down and no one really cares, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, well. You could I, have raised it and I, no one would have minded. It's, you know, there's still, there's a, it's still downtown San Francisco. There's still a lot of traffic. You could raise it better than you could close down the street. I see. Because people still got to drive through. You <laughs> okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. They closed down this block. It was spectacular. There was, uh, there was chairs out along this whole block of street. Uh, with a with sort of a uh, stage at the end of the block, and behind them the hills of San Francisco and fucking cable cars and shit. Wow! It was just wonderful, really beautiful and spectacular. There's there was uh, I'm gonna say nine bride groomsmen and bridesmaids, wow. nine of each, um, which was pretty spectacular. That's what I had. Um, you had nine? Uh, eight. We had eight. Wow. Yeah. Eight and eight. Uh, eight, eight, nine. Uh, no, actually, eight and one. It was, <laughs> it was very hot. I only had one guy to put up there, but my wife went with eight. So yeah, that, you know that happened to me. Uh, I my wife just kept adding people to the list. <laughs> so you're going. All right, I don't. Uh, yeah, I was like, I started out with like, well, I'm fine with just these people. Oh well, I'll throw these people in there. Jordan was the last person on the list. That's what I'm trying to do. Yes, wow. Made the just cut. kidding. Made it, the Jordan cut. was not the last person on the list by any means. Um, but, uh, what was amazing about this thing is they had it on the street that's right outside this, you know, basically soup kitchen, uh, slash other stuff where the parents work and, um, where the girl, you know, was worked through her life, you know, as a volunteer because she believes in helping the poor. So is this a, is this a scheme to, to get the homeless to provide the food for the wedding? They- yes. <laughs> well, we ate the home. We ate homeless food. Oh, did you really? Yes. Well, again, the city's they on board were, with that. They were already dead. Yeah. But you were just... <laughs> in fairness. You know, they would have just normally burned the corpses. <laughs> but but what, now they're... What was truly remarkable... them. Was that in, a, was that in addition to this being this, uh... Uh, picturesque San Francisco street, in addition to the fact that walking alongside the barricades along the sidewalks were just random European tourists, lost European tourists, um, and uh, junkies. Uh, (laughs) Winos also. Usually one (laughs) of the same. Yeah, uh, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) uh, If you're you're looking for somebody who can buy a ticket from Europe to San Francisco, you're going to want to look at junkies. Absolutely. Um, And besides these odd things and this beautiful ceremony... Uh, it was right outside this. It was right outside the soup kitchen, which coincidentally was next door to the power exchange. Now I don't know if you guys know what the power exchange is. It's not a literal power exchange. Gay well, bar, um, children's show. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a to gay take, children. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, children's if, bar, if, <laughs> children's bar. If you were going to tell me, if you were going to tell me what subject on Jordan Jesse Go you were most fascinated by. Uh, what would that subject be? Well, now it's children's bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> um, but, Jordan, you're famously fascinated by the secret sex party. Sure. Now, um, I wouldn't call the uh, power exchange a place for secret sex parties. Uh, reason being, not secret at all. Open to the public. <laughs> um, nice. So in the city of San Francisco, uh, God bless San Francisco. I mean that sincerely. I'm all for it. I've got very San Francisco values. And that's you next- can just have a sex club. And that's right next door to Soup Kitchen? Uh, yeah. And Which, it's right next door to the Soup this Kitchen. This is one-stop shopping for a Friday night. You go, <laughs> you stop, and you go get some chowder, and then you run next door, and you get some chowder. It works Absolutely. out perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was it was amazing to see this wedding being performed by... Um, uh, the brides, uh, there was a sermon by the youth pastor, and then, the, like, the cool guy priest, um, and then the the bride's father performed the ceremony. Um, there was a lot of God talk. 
Um, all of this was going outside immediately outside, immediately outside the doors of this place where you uh, pay $20 to get in. Uh, you have to bring a woman and, uh, and it's advised that you bring a whip or chaps. Now, is that the soup kitchen or the power exchange? Yes, it's both. <laughs> both okay, of just the making sure. Both of the places. You don't want too many dudes in the soup kitchen. No, of course you not. You know, it gets <laughs> gross. People get uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a uh, sausage gumbo party at that point. Yeah. And, then, of course, the, and then, of course, the reception was at the Basque Cultural Center in Daly City. Oh, yeah. Why not? Um, I thought we were thinking. Why didn't they just have the reception at the power exchange? That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. I mean, you don't have why to Why make have... everybody drive and re-park? You don't <laughs> that's have... just kind of rude. You don't have to fuck at the power exchange. It's just a nice, intimate venue. Sure. Say, oh, leave the gifts over in the dungeon room. Sure. <laughs> you know, this, this cum-stained mattress is a great place to sit down and have a game bird. Eat a game bird. How do you know it's a cum-stained mattress if it's wrapped? That's a good point. That's a gift. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, that, was, yeah. that was a stretch. Yep. Yeah. No, no I, that's, that's good. Was it there? I put it All together. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say good, but it made sense. <laughs> it was, it wasn't a string hey. of babble. <laughs> Can I say it was fine? <laughs> no, sure, yeah, please. Don't totally fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but the Bass Cultural Center, it was, a weird, it was a whole weird thing because I realized I went to high school with, with this guy, um, uh, which was sort of an unusual occurrence because we hadn't gone to school the rest of the time. But I heard you had a falling out. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know we, we, we got along fine. Okay. Uh, he was a trumpeter and I an actor in high school, so we both went to School of the Arts there in San Francisco. And um, uh, among his nine bridegrooms, what are they called? Uh, groomsmen. Yeah, groomsmen. groomsmen. Uh, among his 17 groomsmen, uh, there were, I would say, that one was his uh, cousin from Australia who used to live at his house sometimes. Um, so I knew uh, Yogi. Uh, his name was Yogi. Um, of course it was. Yeah, sure. And uh, the other 16 were just guys we went to high school with. Um, and you don't make the cut. And I didn't make the cut. Wow. Um, but uh, it, was, it occurred to me... I think I talked about my 10-year high school reunion on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm pretty sure there were more people from my high school class in the bridal part in the <laughs> in the wedding party of this wedding than there were at my 10-year high school reunion. Really? Or roughly equivalent cuz I'd say maybe maybe there was 15 or 20 people at my high school reunion and there was definitely at least a dozen in this in the group uh, among the groomsmen so you, a small high school or just nobody came it was to a very the it was a combination of both I the, see. The, our graduating class was around 100 okay and i would say maybe there was about 20 that came to the reunion but hmm. there was at least 15 or 18 there and i was worried because i didn't know these guys were guys that i was i would say i was cool with uh, but that I didn't see outside of school. Okay. So, and like I said, cooler than me probably in high school. So you're hoping you're not to get a swirly at the reception. I'm wondering <laughs> because, I mean, you can imagine I was a ridiculous high school student. Now, if you're looking for a venue for a ridiculous high school student, it's going to be School of the Arts in San Francisco. That or the Power Exchange. Yeah, exactly. Well, they they do run a night. They have a nice alternative school <laughs> I would there. think so. It's very good. It's a Quaker school. <laughs> Um, it's Society of Friends. Excuse oh. me. <laughs> um, anyway, First Nations. Uh, <laughs> That's people seem glad to see me. Uh, and uh, one guy listened to the sound of Young America on the radio in San Francisco. See, that's great. It made me feel like my high school years were not a waste. It made me feel like I should try and go to other things because apparently I'm uh, the guy that you're happy to see ten years later. Yeah, because and, and also because you've moved on from that. 
Oh, you've moved absolutely. on from high school. Well, yeah, but I mean, how many times? And you, I will say with you, it's a different thing because you had a much smaller school. How big was your school growing up? Uh, my graduating class was like a thousand people. Have you been to a reunion yet? No, uh, uh-uh. yeah, I was gonna say when you go, you'll you'll find there's you who've moved on. You work for Fuel. You do important things. You, you... <laughs> no. well, <laughs> maybe take out important. But uh, we're talking about Fuel TV. We're talking about CNN. Yeah. We're talking about the International Herald Tribune. We're sure. talking about you're, ama- you're doing Reuters, your Doctors Without Borders. Sure. Oh, so- solo hosting. Oh, by the- Doctors Without Borders, you meant uh, I made funny comments in front of a green screen during a clip show for the Doctors. Yeah, <laughs> it's not actually not Doctors Without Borders. That is what I meant. But when you go to your re- reunion, you're going to find that there's you, and then there there are some people who are still ensconced firmly in the high school hierarchy, and they think that they can. You either if they were cooler than you then they think they're cooler than you no, now. They're going to key my car, aren't they? Well, I, you never know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's some people who really are, are stunted in their development, have not moved on. I mean, Christ, I am. I'm that way when I get around my friends. The second we all, you know, you get me and nine guys in a room. Immediately, you're telling stories about what happened in 1984. It's retarded. I mean, you you, you try not to, but you wind up doing it anyway. Uh, you know, every every time I get together with uh, every time I get together with. Um Friends from high school, a significant chunk of the conversation is dedicated to, like, recounting funny Simpsons episodes from the first three seasons. <laughs> Jordan, did you, 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 did you skip your 10-year high school reunion? Was there one? No, I haven't gotten anything about it yet. It, oh, I mean, it should be this year. Up, right? But, uh, yeah, I don't know how they would find me. I don't know how they, how do they find you for a high school reunion. Well, I now it's Facebook a, now, I think. A ton easier now. No, well, nah. Much they easier just now. Get a, somebody with a yearbook looks everybody up on Facebook. Oh, well, I don't, I'm not on the Facebook. Facebook. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll just. Ooh. Like they're not but should find I go you. to it? Is that is that? Uh... Absolutely, you should go. Yeah, well, I think those, you do should you, go. Do you have? Uh, I mean, how was school for you? Did you did you hate it? If you're one of those people, who oh really... no no, I liked high school. I had a good time in high you school. You have to go. Yeah, you absolutely have to go because again, like I said, there will be like like uh, Jesse had the one experience here where he, he met these guys and he went, oh oh, this is great. You're going to have that same experience. You're going to go and you're going to run into people because you may be dreading it. You might be thinking not to go. But then the second you walk in the door and you see one or two people and they're nice to you and you, you go, this is why did I even stress out about this at all? This is going to be fun. And you'll run into that numbskull who wants to poke you in the chest and make fun of you for gym class from you know 10 yeah. years ago who hasn't moved on and in, let it go. In but, my high school, that's the guy who would call you not a faggot. <laughs> faggot was the status quo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh. the expectation was that you would be a faggot. The insult would be insufficiently faggot. <laughs> you call that an art installation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was really, I was really happy. It was really neat to talk to guys. Oh, and- if anybody out there is listening who went to high school with me and is on Facebook, when is the reunion? <laughs> you can DM me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, at Jordan underscore Morris. Sure. Go ahead and find him. Send him a Twitter. It was neat. It was neat to me too to see these guys that I really hadn't seen in ten years, or really like been in time. Like a couple of them were my Facebook friends. Um, but you know, like I don't really pay attention to my Facebook friends, frankly, because <laughs> it's just, I'm, you know, like I'm a public figure. So there's like thousands <laughs> of Facebook friends. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't really pay attention to it. Um, but, uh, uh, the guys I hadn't seen in a long time, guys that I was fond of, but like I said, didn't, and then I just see them 10 years later. Now they're men. Yep. Just like me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Well, <laughs> I don't know about just like you, but they're right. certainly men. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but it was really, it was really, a, it was really a fascinating Wait, experience. So, Mike, you went to yours. I went to. Uh, did I go to ten? No, I went to twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good, positive. Uh, yeah, it turned out real well. I, you know what? It was great. In, uh, um, upstairs, 
in the hotel where we were. Everybody got along. Everything was great. And uh, we were Downstairs in the fight club, it was less great. <laughs> <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Um, but you felt so alive. Oh, Illegal sure. Illegal kickboxing. Uh, I can't talk about it. Sorry. Uh, um, so we, uh, you know, upstairs it was. You finally uh, got to face your old high school rival, Shao Yu. Oh, Larry Bagwell, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, and he did not attend. It's the you were tight with Shao Yu. Uh, Shao Yu and I were good. Oh, we were okay. very close. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, and he would tell me, he's like, "Dude, you got to kick the shit out of Bagwell." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> got to dip your hands in glass. Have first. not had the chance. Um, but then it was great for the reunion. But then afterwards, we wound up. Uh, Splintering off in the hotel to go to you know and have the, the drinking and that well, sure of course, um, and we wound up in a basement and uh, a basement <laughs> like a basement conference room of the hotel, and then it so got it was weird. all the splintering off was within the hotel like some people oh, yeah, went yeah. to the starlight room and some people yes. just went into a hotel okay yeah and, and you went to the basement we wound up downstairs where you know uh, people wanted me to do a set. The, you know, the, oh, like wow, drunkenly geez. imploring me to do jokes in a basement, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's, that's not going to happen. But it didn't matter because then another guy goes, well, I, hell, I'll tell some jokes. So, uh, <laughs> Jam and oh, Melvin geez. Davis climbed up on a chair and he started to tell uh, like knock knock jokes and uh, dirty pussy jokes and sure. uh, for all everybody's wives. And it just it became high school. It, it went from upstairs. It was like we were all adults, and this is really neat seeing each other. To when we went downstairs, immediately we regressed twenty wow. years to the back roads, and uh, people are drinking beers, and and uh, yeah, it, it was getting odd. So. Was there at the actual thing where everyone was being civil? Was there booze at that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was booze upstairs. I, I had an incident. All right, uh, I've told the story on my podcast. I was on the elevator. Uh, there was a, there was a girl in school I didn't get along with very much, and uh, as it's progress, I mean, I like her. She seems she's nice, and twenty years later, she's still nice. But for some reason, we rub each other the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So we get in an elevator, and it's me and this my... This is present tense now. Uh, yeah. You switched from you know, oh. 20 years later, she's still very nice, but we rub each other. I expected you to say, <laughs> but back in high school, there was... Well, you know what? In school, we, again, yeah, we just, for some reason, she and I always kind of bumped heads. Right. All right. And it's because I'm a jagoff. I mean, I get that. It's because you have a giant head. Uh, that could be it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were always in close proximity. Hallway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just like banging into each other with paper yeah. mache skulls. And um, basically, the real problem was you were doing uh, Mexican Santo days. Yes, sure. And she had on her costume for Carnival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't a personality conflict. It was more of a haberdashery uh, yeah, conflict. Okay, you know, yeah, just sure. gigantic skulls. You were San Simone, <laughs> and she was a uh, shit. Uh, something for Carnival. Uh, don't know. Giant octopus. I just woman. know that. Yeah, giant, giant octopus oct- woman. Okay, fair we, enough. We are insufficient faggots. We yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Sure. Um, so whatever, we wind up on an elevator and, uh, she goes to light up a cigarette and there's like 10 people on the elevator and, uh, and there's a no, clearly a no smoking sign, like evidently right there. Well, you don't really need, in my opinion, you don't really need to put a no smoking sign on an elevator. I agree with you. Uh, but she'd had a few, I guess. And so she lit up and, uh, and I looked at her and I'm like, ah, come on, you're seriously, you're going to smoke on the elevator. That's not happening. Right. And she started with the, uh, look, you know what? We're only going one floor. It's okay. I mean, I'm good. And she's kind of waving the cigarette around. Uh, so I do what any normal human being would do. Eat the cigarette. Uh, (laughs) If I was close enough, (laughs) maybe. Uh, but instead I, uh, I threw, uh, I had a glass of water and I threw the entire glass of water on her. (laughs) Sure, what uh, any normal human being would do. Trying, uh, trying to get the cigarette, but again, she's waving it to and fro, so I don't know where it's going, so instead I just kind of aim for her face. So I throw the glass no, of water. that's good. Yeah. Because you and figure the cigarette's headed there eventually. Of course. She's mm. going to put, there's a pie hole right there. And, uh, so I, <laughs> yeah, right in the pie hole. <laughs> and splash. I mean, just, and the pin drop quiet oh. in the elevator. I mean, silent in the elevator. And my buddy Max is just looking at me, and he's trying not to, he wants to laugh, you know, like, but they can't, because again, it's 20 years later, we're all real people, then we're, and so it was a dick move. I know it was. So I splash her with the water, and she looks and she's like, oh, 
I, I can't believe you did that. And I said, I swear to God, I just went, I can't believe you didn't melt. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, that, and that was it. Like the elevator door opens and then uh, and I, the evening turned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll What's be up? back with more in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Schmidt, third chair. Yeah, oh. I like it. Third chair bassoon. <laughs> Maybe buffoon. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in, the or- in the orchestra of comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I sit on this old chair and have like my dog. <laughs> Is that a buffoon voice? No, that was the voice of the dad from Frasier. Oh, all right. I can tell from my pitch perfect. It impression. was really good. My fault. Yeah, you were Frasier, Jordan. You were Niles. Yes. And I was the dad. You got a Niles thing happening. I mean, we, we all know that, right? We recognize it? Yeah, I'm kind of a fop. You have a Frasier face, but you have a, a Niles sensibility. I, I get that all the time. <laughs> um, and whiz. Daphne's figure. Oh. Um, va voom uh, It's been... Okay, so, Jordan, we were talking... I feel like I need to talk about one more secret sex party thing. Okay. Um, you don't feel like it's, uh, you know, pardon the turn of phrase, but fucked out? Um, I just want to mention an email that I got. Okay. So uh, I, I, you know, unless it's from time, sometimes we have, uh, sometimes I have the intern screen the calls, but usually I'm the one that's reading the email, screening the calls. And we got an email from a listener who is known to me. That's all I want to say about it. I know we can't include his name for reasons that will become clear, uh, but a listener who is known to me, not a listener who would email us to bullshit us. Okay. Okay, this is not some bullshit artist. There's no hook in your mouth. This is not some European tourist that walked in off the street. No, uh-uh, <laughs> this is someone who's there, established. This is, this is a guy who has a reputation for straight shooting. If you will allow me a, an older reference, this isn't going to be a penguin in the pants. No, this is no <laughs> penguin in the pants. Okay. Um, and I applaud you for that older no, reference. Thanks. Um, so this listener emailed me. This listener is a children's librarian. Um, which is the reason that this listener didn't want uh, his or her name included in, the, uh, in any discussion of, of this email. Um, a children's librarian, a professional children's librarian who attends... Not an amateur children's librarian? <laughs> no. All right, just making sure. Well, there's certainly children's library enthusiasts. Yeah, who... they're called child molesters. They're child. That's a child molester who specifically is really into the. Dewey yes, who has system. a bookmobile. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so it's just a van with it's a pile a ma- of highlights yeah. magazines <laughs> in the back. I think we can agree that while we, t- Jordan, we talk to someone who goes to secret sex parties as a broad category on the show a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, when we talked to the guy who goes to swinger events, large scale swinger events. Um, what we didn't talk to is someone whose description, uh, whose idea of a secret sex party really exactly matched yours. Your feeling is that when people are getting together to celebrate a common interest, there's a secret sex party going on underneath it all. Uh, yeah, that's sure. That's the, about the it. premise for it, especially when a group of, I think we can safely say, geeks are getting together for an event around a common interest, such as a Comic-Con or a Renaissance Fair, mm-hmm. um, that what's really going on is they're going there to fuck <laughs> in an organized 
fuck, costumed fuck group way. Um, okay, and I, I I hear what you're. I'm agreeing. I'm I'm on board with what you're saying. Like yeah. any any sort of wrestling convention, anything like that. It's just an excuse to get together with like minded people and try to bang them. Exactly. Sure. Cool. Hey, up to and including uh, uh, something that was going on when I was last in Las Vegas in my hotel, a female bodybuilding event. Oh, th- that's forget about it. That's yeah. off the fetish chart. That's so, retarded. Um, and I think we can agree that going to a swingers party, since it is specifically for fucking. It doesn't exactly fit with what we were looking for. Sure. So what this listener told me is that this listener has goes every year to the uh, American Library Association Conference. The ALA? Uh, the ALA. And can independently, uh, and as I said, no penguin in the pants, confirm there are secret sex parties at the ALA. Nice. Okay. He, this, he or she has attended... The uh, secret sex parties, uh, specifically S and M themed ones. Mm. Um, By the way, these are the quietest secret sex parties you'll ever attend. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. You have to. You have to. Uh, you they call to, themselves shushers. Yeah, that's part have, of the fetish. You have to whisper your safe word. <laughs> um, so I just wanted and your safe word must have more than four syllables. I just wanted you to know, Jordan, that <laughs> that I'm right about this and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> good. Exactly. I'm. I am. My thirst has been slaked. I want to ask. I want to ask you guys a question uh, with regard to um, my recent travels. All right. Um, yes, we did miss you. <laughs> yes, you. it seemed like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like you had fun. Yes, you sent um, too many photographs. Uh, there was literally two. Uh, yes, there, there was, was two. Far too many. Okay. Um, so. Martha's Vineyard was very lovely. We visited. Um, we visited my wife's good friends. Uh, here, oh, here are three things that I confuse. <laughs> yes, Martha's Vineyard. Yes, Camp David. Yes, Ca- Cape Canaveral. <laughs> wow. Uh, sometimes when people are talking about one, I'm thinking of the oh, other. I just okay, said because I said Jordan. the coast of the Cape. I see what you're saying about Canaveral. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely I, get that. I went to Martha's. I went to Martha's Vineyard to launch a satellite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Which doesn't usually happen there. Right. And to talk to Anwar Sadat's kids. I, <laughs> the only thing I wanted out of Martha's Vineyard that I didn't get was a round of golf with Bill Clinton and Chevy Chase. What? Uh, <sighs> who are f- best friends that whose families uh, stay together in Martha's Vineyard. Oh For God. real? They do coordinated vacations to Martha's Vineyard together. Ha- have you ever been more disappointed in a person after admiring them more than you have Bill Clinton? <laughs> Seriously? Hey, I'm a big Chevy Chase fan, so you're not gonna... Oh, I, 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 I can't. I'm sorry. Chevy Chase has just turned into such a fucking grease spot. I mean, he's so terrible. <laughs> I watch Community, and it's I see him and Joel McHale, and it's like the ghost of douche past and the ghost of douche future. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> you're just, let's move on. That's fair. Do, what do you guys think is a cooler pair of buddies? Is it, uh, is it Bill Clinton and um, Bill Clinton and Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. Bob Newhart and Don Rickles, or um, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, oh, shit. These are three famous celebrity buddy real. pairs. Yeah, these true. are the big guns. Yeah, these are of the, celebrity buddies. These are the William H Macy and Felicity Huffman of buddy relationships. Yeah. celebrity buddy relationships. <laughs> Felicity H Muffman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's Stephen Colbert. I don't. I don't want to yank it if you didn't know the reference. I don't mean to be that guy. All right, I'm gonna shut um, up. Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones is my favorite of that. Okay, because I think Clinton and Chase actually get along and do things together. And uh, I, I think Al Gore is like it's the odd couple completely. He's fastidious, and Tommy Jones is a grumpy asshole who keeps hitting him with a captain's hat. <laughs> he keeps hitting him with a captain's hat. And Al Gore hat. falls out of his hammock. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. 
I picture Tommy Lee Jones making that noise a lot. Oh, God. It's so hard to pick. I, I, you couldn't find somebody that I admire more than Bob Newhart. Mm-hmm. And I've never been more delighted than I was when I found out that he was best friends with Don Rickles. Yeah, they, they, it appears to me they would just get along very well eating you know, soup at 4.30 and wearing high-waisted pants. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They look like they're tailor-made to be friends. They're still old guys despite all of their personalities. And so you like see that. them at their, at their heart as old guys. Yes, but what about this? Aren't Bill Clinton and Chevy Chase at their heart arrogant dicks? Isn't that? But they're the world's best arrogant dicks. Yeah, but I, the the problem they're is I never. They're as good as it gets. Like like Newhart and Rickles have not surprised me. Okay, uh-huh. Chevy Chase has not surprised me. They've they've turned out to be who they were. It appears to me anyway. Uh, Bill Clinton surprised me. I mean, he, gonna, he's you, the first person I ever voted for in my life. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you a curveball. I'm going to go off the reservation and mm. choose uh, Meatloaf and big-time Gene O'Neill's dad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, high school, <laughs> uh, college roommates. Wow. Still friends. Cool. Meatloaf and big-time Gene O'Neill's <clears throat> dad, Mr. O'Neill. I hear... Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I hear Jack Black does a, uh, does a duet with Meatloaf on his latest album. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I got nothing against Meatloaf. I don't want to listen to Meatloaf songs, frankly. Sure. Why would you? But he seems like... <laughs> he seems no like, reason to. None. You're no. done. He seems like a decent fella. Sure. By all accounts. So that's my... I'm going off the reservation making that selection. Okay. That's your pick. All right. <sighs> yeah, I, I go Clinton. Or I'm sorry, go Gore Jones. That just, it just... Again, they strike me as such an odd pairing. So weird. Unless, what they, unless what Al do you Gore think is, they have in common? Uh, Hotel uh, prostitutes. Uh, well, certainly, <laughs> sure. yeah, uh, and then pr- proximity to each other in school. That's it. Like literally, they strike me as just two guys who wound up. You know, like maybe there was a whole group of them, and now they're, they're all dead, or they've all they're not <laughs> because they're not famous enough to hang out with those two. That, that that's who they wound up with. And you know, Jones is furious that that's the guy he got out of the group. Ah, oh, fucking gore. It's funny. It's funny how that works out. Your your college roommate just is that thing. I was thinking about my fondness for my high school, my, my freshman year college roommate, uh, Eroticus. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking of the time, there was just this one time, just the other day it came up, when we were walking through the halls of uh, Porter College at the University of California at Santa Cruz, and Eroticus, who was a, a, a Filipino guy, about um, how, how tall would you say Mike is? Five six, maybe. Yeah, five five, five, five six. Five, 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 six. A short guy, shorter than average. All chest, just <clears throat> monstrous guy. Like a little bit roly poly, but incredibly strong. Also, right. um, uh, he just went oh and punched a hole in the wall. Yeah, and I and I see that as a very sweet thing to do because of that close bond that you have with your freshman college roommate. Sure, but if you saw me do it. If I saw you, I be, would be sincerely afraid. <laughs> I'm sincerely... Mike, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm afraid when you tell a story about doing something like that on your podcast, it worries me. I have a guy, a listener in Australia, a guy named Greg, who writes me, and he's very nice, and he, he enjoys me, but he also he's very clear to point out in his notes, I have no interest in meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not... He said, I am scared of you. If it comes up... Yeah. If I'm visiting Los Angeles or you're visiting Australia, we should not try he, and get together. He's very comfortable with the... Do not go a Matilda with me. ...mile no. buffer, buffer. He's very happy with that. He, um, and again, very friendly, really nice, long emails, and very supportive, donated to the show. Very cool. Since since the beginning, episode one. Yeah. But it, very clearly <laughs> has these borders of, no, we could not hang out or be friends. So when I, when I was on vacation, that was the first half of the vacation, Martha's Vineyard, Bill Clinton, the whole nine yards... Um, the second half of the vacation was visiting my wife's cabin, my wife's grandparents and her, her grandfather and her grandfather's 
uh, sister and uh, her grandfather's brother, late brother's son share ownership of this cabin. So it's, it's a Catholic family. So the ownership of this cabin and use of this cabin it could not be more dispersed. So it's sort of a situation where, um, you know, everybody gets four or five days at the cabin um, and they all have to they basically have a fantasy league draft at the beginning of the year. <laughs> a I, year? Yeah. Only four or five days a year? Because there's so many. My, my wife has 30 first cousins. I see. Oh, oh so all the cousins. Every, I thought you were just saying. Every, I see. There's three branches at the grandparents level. And the executive, has, the it, legislative, and the judicial. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, and, uh, and I've gone there a number of times. It's where I proposed to my wife. It's a very important place to her because she grew up going there every year. Um, it's a place that she she's very close with her cousins and yes, Mike. Well, I'm just saying you proposed to her I there. I'm calling on Mike. Thank you. <laughs> just because I need to know, did you have to get involved in the fantasy draft to get the perfect day when you knew you were going to propose, <laughs> no. or did you propose when you were just there? I just t- I took what came. Okay, I took what came. Okay, I'm not involved in the fantasy draft. I don't, well, at that point, maybe you get you pull aside the executive branch and you go, hey, look, I'm involved. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the right, the perfect day, yeah, the new get, moon. You try or... and catch the air. You make a few key donations. Yeah, I don't know how you do things. Absolutely, you can try and get an earmark. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, uh, I've gone there several times, and I, I'm fond of this place. Um, and my wife is very fond of it because she grew up going there with her cousins and her aunts and uncles and her parents. And they would go like two families would go up together, three families would be there together. Like people sleep on the porch. Like, it's a very, like, super intense family place for my wife's very intensely family-oriented family, which is in direct contrast to my family, who have basically have nothing to do with each other. Hmm. I mean, my, my parents love me and everything, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're brothers and sisters. You know, they don't... Sure. It's not like they have a hostile relationship. They're just in you know, yeah. all different places, and they're just not a big part of each other's yeah, lives. Yeah, and they're not sleeping step like cordwood on a porch in a cabin somewhere. <laughs> exactly. They right. would never sleep like cordwood. <laughs> okay. Um, kindling, perhaps. <laughs> a bound kindling of some kind. Um, yeah, my family's all kindling. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I realized when I got there this time, and... I had sort of, I don't know, maybe I had pushed through it before or something. Maybe it just came up before and I just put it out of my mind because I wanted to be supportive. I don't, I, my brother went this time. My, uh, my sister-in-law's boyfriend, who's a park ranger in Yosemite, uh, came along. Uh, wonderful guy. I love my brother very much as well. I was very happy to see him. Um, I, I'm useless at a cabin. I have, there's no thing for me to do. You put me in a cabin, I, I am completely lost. Yeah. It's like putting a cat on a tropical island. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> that does That's cute. a cute image. That's really nice. In that it's adorable. It's really adorable. <laughs> it's like um, you. I have no... Maybe the cat is uh, laying on a beach towel with little sunglasses on. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. On his back? Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Wait, can I ask you a question? Is he wearing zinc oxide on his nose? He is now. <laughs> oh, what do you want? You want it? It's oh, in. Yeah. Uh, serve it to me on a plate, please. <laughs> um, I went to... We oh, went if you guy, if you, uh, internet, if you could just get on that. That'd yeah, please. Great. Oh, come on. It's out there. It has to be out there already, right? Yeah, no, you I know. would think. Well, I'd at like least someone it. tell me where it is. I don't want to browse through the millions of cat things. Put I just want to see me- that. The, we have a message board thread sure. for each episode. There's a place to put it. Yeah. Sure. Go to 4chan on Saturday. You'll, <laughs> okay, you'll, yeah. Or Catterday. It's Catterday. So <laughs> oh, you, okay. you will find it. Um, I, uh, I am there. I do not hate 
the nature things, but I don't have any interest in them at all. Mm. And so there was a point where we went to play miniature golf. So if you drive about 35 or 40 minutes, you can go to this town called Gray Eagle uh, that has a mini golf course. Do, do you think the golf course was there before the city? Yes. That sounds like a name of a golf course. It a natu- it's a naturally occurring golf and they course. And sp- <laughs> they sprung up around it? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I, and going to play miniature golf was such a relief and a joy to me. So do you hate it? I, that's the thing. I don't hate it. I don't. I just, here's the thing. Like, all the things that you do there is, well, they're basically all either hiking or jumping or hiking to a lake. Yeah, to a jump. And the <laughs> lake is really cold yeah. because it's in the mountains of the Sierras. And the hike is very, it's a hikey. No, I mean, sure. in, their, what they, in their world, is a short hike is, to me, a, quite a, in, a long hike. Right. And... I don't want to be a dick about it. And there are people who hike to hike. They're, like you would hike if there was a reward at the end. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I don't even like and, – and so I was complete. the only things that I found that I could do at this event um, were the miniature golf. To and, stalk the teens at the camp across the lake. Yeah. <laughs> and cooking for everybody. I, I, I kind of like cooking. I'll cook, I, I, cooked, uh, I cooked a couple meals. Cabin food? Like do they, do they have a accoutrement or are you no, like they have a there's a kitchen are you cooking over like an open bean tin I would like to cook over an open bean tin with, that with, does sound kind of fun to with me burning a kindling in it and, sure and, and you know it's funny you mentioned that because my wife and I went camping and I think I talked about it on Jordan mm-hmm. Jesse Go uh, uh, maybe like a year ago or a year and a half ago and uh, I basically felt like once the tent was set up well okay let's just go to bed yeah. and then once I woke up and I cooked the bacon. In, over a fire, I liked that, and I was like, "Okay, well, time to go home, right?" Yeah. My wife's like, "No, we have to go on a hike, like enjoy." It. I'm like, "No, we did the stuff. We built the tent. That was kind of fun, yeah. and we we cooked bacon over an open fire. That you, was kind of fun." You don't want to go actual camping. You want to go like to Westworld for camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where it's just a camping simulation, and then you can go you get, stay in a hotel that night. Sure. Well, after you get chased by the uh, insane robot Yule Brenner. <laughs> yeah, of course. His, fate pl- his faceplate falls off. But it's funny because it's kind of backwards because the activity, like the camping stuff, like I kind of like, like to me, sleeping in a tent is kind of neat. Like mm. it's not that I like can't bear the idea of being in the outdoors or something like that. Like, oh, I need my, you know, I need my facial massage in the morning. Um, it's just that I don't like any of the activities. Once you've done the sleeping in a tent and the cooking the food... I have no interest in going for a hike. Yeah. I don't even know what that's for. I don't like leaves. Yeah. I don't. If you do, are you ever a camper? No, I went camping when I was a kid. We went to the dunes and that was fun because it was with my friend Mike and then we were, you know, girls in bikinis and you're 13 and that's cool. But I, I'm, I will tell you this, as I'm, I'm older now, I just turned 43. So I talked to my friends and I actually dropped this on my friends and I said, you know what? We should get like a cabin and go fishing. Like we should all go stay at a cabin and go fishing. And my friend, they, I think they're still laughing. I told them this like five <laughs> yeah. months ago because they're like, dude, you can't even like function in the real world. And you're, <laughs> you're going to go out there. And, uh, you know, they said, you hate that. You hate being, you know, in one place at one time. You hate like waiting. And, the, but the thing is, I miss my friends. 
That's right. all it is. I mean, I, I want all five, me and my good friends to get together and hang out like big chill style for, you know, four days <laughs> yeah. and toss a football around sure. and lay around, you know, and have a good, I, I want to be 15 again is what I want. You know right. what I mean? And if it means that I got to go fucking catch a fish if to do it. If it means you got to throw a glass of water on a lady for smoking in an <laughs> elevator. Take that. Yeah. Uh, but that, and I mean, I still am 15. Unfortunately, you know, it's my friends that have all grown up and, and realized their potential. You know what here's I mean? The, here's the real problem, though. This was the, the hiking was one thing, but it goes back to something we talked about a couple weeks ago on Jordan Jesse Go. We bought the board game Settlers of Catan. Oh, sure. We bought it because everybody, I think we got 25 emails about how fun it is and stuff. Very fun board game. Um, and uh, are, you, are you playing along or do you realize, do you really think it's a fun no, board no, game? No, no, I do think it's a fun board game. I see. Yes. Do you play board games? Uh, not a lot. This is one of the few board games I've played. I don't, have, uh, I don't have a board game enthusiast in my life right now. I see. But so, when you did... Yes, we played Settlers of Catan. Okay. I've also heard, I, again, I'm, I'm curious because uh, there's a baseball writer named Keith Law. Uh-huh. Who sure. cannot stop talking, talking about, about Keith that Law, game. formerly of the Baseball Prospectus. Uh, indeed, and now of ESPN.com. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I'm right here with you. Well, good. I'm glad to hear Don't it. Don't worry. And, uh, you're not going to lose me. I'm a fan of Keith Law, and he uh, he uh, likes a lot of things, books and Quit the games. Prospectus, prospectus to work for the Royals? Toronto the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. He was in the front office with a, a J.P. Ricciardi, and then yeah. he wound up leaving. Sure. But now You he, would know him as uh, as the former assistant to Billy Bean. Jordan. Okay, I was kind <laughs> of wondering. Trying Richardi. to put the put the uh, pieces yeah. together yes. until you said that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Keith Laws mentioned Settlers of Catan, so that's why to hear you both mention it is interesting to me. Uh, and, you know what? You would know Billy Bean from his uh, from his sev- three or four dozen at bats with the Oakland A's in the early 1990s. Mm. True. You is also he that uh, bald ultimate boxer from 1998. <laughs> Wait, that's Butterbean. <laughs> Butterbean. What was that? Was that like some sort of prelude Butter to bean. Ultimate Fighting? Excuse yeah. me. Are you talking about uh, that bald Ultimate Fighter from 2010, Butterbean? Because is Butterbean friend, still fighting? He is absolutely still fighting. Okay, but my, maybe fighting. this is something you could explain to okay. us. Okay. He is fighting Marius Pujanowski, actually, the strongest man in Poland. He's mm. fighting him. <laughs> Coming up in a, in a scant month. And specifically, he's fighting them in the video game Mike Tyson's Punching. <laughs> His bald bowl will be taking him on afterwards. Uh, no, Pudzianowski is uh, is the strongest man in the world. He's is one of name those. Pudzianowski. Pudzianowski. P U D Z. Punch him out ski. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's a guy who he just started Ultimate Fighting, but he was one of those guys who would carry a fucking keg up nine flights of stairs on yeah. ESPN. One of those idiots. Yeah. I, hey, look, I can pull a fridge. You know, one of those guys. Sure. Well, now he's Ultimate Fighting. The, the smart, the smart guys, by the way, are doing it on Fox Sportsnet. Oh, are they? Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where the real money is. Yeah. Uh, but so Pujanowski just got into Ultimate Fighting, and he will be fighting Butterbean because Butterbean owns and promotes this particular promotion, okay. and is not afraid to use his name. Uh, uh, you know, he he, but he still fights absolutely. Butterbean. Still okay, fights. what did he do before the UFC? Well, he he would fight mixed martial arts trend. He was what? a boxer. Okay, and, and he but he would he was a special attraction boxer because he's built like a thumb, mm-hmm. and then he would fight four round fights. And he was he's he's Homer Simpson. You can punch him in the head over and over and uh, he's not sure. going anywhere. A and then special, if he hits you once, you're dead. In this case, special attraction boxer means not a real boxer. Exactly. Yeah. He's the guy when they'll be like, you know, Circus freak. they'll give you four amazing fights and Butterbean. Sure. You know, he's like Truckosaurus. You know, okay, he's gotcha. the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. he fills the seats and then you can put on to a distract from the him. legitimate competition of regular <laughs> monster truck driving. That no one cares about. <laughs> exactly. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can watch them drive in a circle all day, but until a giant robot dinosaur eats them, you don't sure. care. 
In my experience, frankly, the monster truck rally is primarily people riding motorcycles in a circle over uh, small dirt hills. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And then at the end, there's about five minutes of monster truck action. (laughs) They cram it in right there at the bottom. Yes. You mean action, action, action. So so what I struggled with at the cabin is that I can't (laughs) deal with the fight of competition even in a board game that is it is a fun board game you were right and mm-hmm. so were the dozens of nerds who emailed me um it is a fun board game but even that uh, i did perfectly well did not win the game but did perfectly well in learning the rules which was in the guy who had played before ended up winning it sounds like a all right i, I need a thumbnail on the game because, you know, when I played games with people... It's a resource management game. I think that'll <laughs> suffice. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, you'll play Pictionary or you'll play, uh, you know, uh, uh, categories or, you know, those kind of games are what I'm used to playing with a it's group of people. It's sort of like, it's a little bit like Risk if, if Risk wasn't all about battles. Okay. So it's about sort of like... It's so all the fun drained completely out of Risk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the competition anyway. Um, so, but I couldn't handle it. And the other big activity at the cabin is ping pong tournament. Now, number one, I'm terrible at ping pong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, number two, uh, I hate losing. So I can't really participate in the ping pong tournament that's going on 24 hours a day. So what does that leave me with? Well, once all my magazines have been read, it leaves me reading, uh, Vanity Fair. Oh. The best dressed list in Vanity Fair. That's what I did at the cabin. You should watch Vanity Fair starring Reese Witherspoon. Uh, That was my mistake. (laughs) Not doing that. Or you should watch Sweet Home Alabama because there's a cabin involved. Did you ever do nature things, Jordan? No, no. I've only done a few nature things in my life. Um... We went to big time. We we went to uh, Jim Rayle, the master of Would You Rather's cabin. One no, time. I never went. Really? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I I I feel like everybody in their life has, or everybody has someone in their life with, with a, a cabin. cabin who's always going up to it. Um, uh, but I don't. I yeah. I never really have. I've never gotten. I just don't get a lot of invites to do outdoor things. Yeah. I think it might be the the supposition that I'll suck at it. Yeah, uh, you will. Uh, well, yeah, sure. Which is fair. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think I wouldn't enjoy it. Um, uh-huh. But I. Um, yeah, just it, it 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 doesn't come up a lot. A I did. Friend cabin is sounding pretty good to me. I'm kind of, what about I? I'm interested in the idea of, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm excluding you from this, no, Jordan. No. A couple's cabin. Uh, where some friend couples go, and then I do a lot of cooking. And now we're back to secret sex party. Exactly. Well, we'll be back in just a second. No, I'm... <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. Now, George, Jesse, go. It is Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Schmidt holding his own. Oh, more than holding his own. I'm hoping so. Dominating the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Locking down the key. This is a fantastic uh, location, I will tell you that. Uh, Isn't nice? This is my first time in the new Jordan Jesse Go uh, Studios location. And you weren't lying about the Crossbreeze. I'm a huge fan of the Mm Crossbreeze. Like when you told the story about the cabin and the people sleeping outside, I I actually got goosebumps because I would love... To do that, but even though I hate outside, the I don't. Air is so fresh. Mm. Yeah, but uh, uh, it just sounded neat to. You, fu- can, you can see so many stars. I'm a fan of falling asleep wherever you are. <laughs> I, I really falling enjoy asleep that. in a non-bed place. It's, it's the best because sure. it, there, there's something so freeing about it, where you're just like, you know what, man, I don't have to move. I'm just gonna. That's it. I'm out. I'm camping out right here. 
I love to sleep in a chair. I'm, I'm very Archie Bunker. I'm just, I, I just, hmm. I love falling asleep places, man. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and a breeze, add in a breeze. Jesus. Yeah. What I like, what I like about it is not so much that you love this, but that it seems to be one of your core principles. Oh, sure. It's one of the bedrock, bedrock <laughs> ideals. There's no doubt. Which, it is, it is uh, what, you know, it is to your life as, say, freedom of association is to the public life of the citizens of the United States of America. Okay, nerd. I don't know what any of that meant, but no, I'm teasing. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I, I just love it. Um, I want to take some telephone calls. Something that you were talking about uh, on last week's show, Jordan, that, yes. that would have come up a few weeks ago on Jordan, Jesse, Go, was underappreciated movies that you love. Um, and movies that other people didn't like or were critically, commercially unsuccessful uh, that you love. I finally, when you brought that up before, all I could come up with was Pootie Tang, which I've talked about plenty on sure. this show. There's no shortage of me talking about how much I like <laughs> Pootie Tang on this program. Um, but I thought of one uh, that I really loved, uh, which is uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, starring Denzel Washington. Okay. Uh, adapted from the Walter Mosley novel of the same name. Um, also stars Don Cheadle as Mouse. All right. Um, two, uh, especially Cheadle, it's, it's the best performance that I've ever seen Cheadle give. Um, and he's a gifted actor. Even better the, than a Hotel Rwanda? I did not see a Hotel Rwanda. Ah. Iron Man 2. He also played Mouse in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel Rwanda. It was a crossover thing. Yeah. Um, same and, universe. They took place in the same universe. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't a sequel, but <laughs> but just a really one, one of my fa- I would say one of my fifteen favorite movies uh, was a total box office failure. I think. Um, I think probably it was one of those things where, uh, frankly, too many black people. Sure. Um, Spoils the broth. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just you know, America doesn't want to go see a movie with mostly black people in it. Unless uh, they'll see a movie with one or two black people. Unless one of them is dressed up like a lady. Well, that's just black people going to see that. Yeah, true. <laughs> a lot to them. They're just going a lot and mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, but I think you know that's it's this it's the sad thing. You can't really make a mainstream movie apparently with with a mostly black people cast. Uh, but it's a wonderful movie. Uh, really great. Really, really lovely. What is um, it about? What if you were to find a, a white people a, movie equivalent? What would it be? It's a mystery. Though I would say the white people equivalent might be um, Chinatown. Oh, see? It's not as epic as Chinatown. Right. Uh, but similarly toned, um, sort of, uh, it's set in the 1940s, um, based on uh, uh, the acclaimed mystery novel by Walter Mosley. Um, uh, Denzel plays Easy Rollins, the uh, titular character. And it's really sad that it was a failure because uh, it was probably set up to be a franchise. Oh, okay. Um, because he has multiple best selling and critically acclaimed novels in this series. But. Um, and it's really sad that it didn't work out because Denzel was so wonderful in the role. What year did that come out? I know it's a, was it when Denzel was Denzel? Was I'm it after say, Training Day? I, I, this is before Training Day. After Virtuosity. <laughs> this was after Virtuosity. But he was certainly a big star at the time. I would say this was maybe 1997. Okay. Something like so that. So it was Hunt for Red October around like those. Sure. I think after that and before, in between that and Training Day. Okay. Maybe, yeah, Because after Training Day, you would right. think he, he, would, he would have the hammer to pretty much make whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he made Book of Eli. Sure. <laughs> and why wouldn't he have? Oh. And those train movies. Oh, true. You know what people, uh, you know what movie, uh, there was a broad consensus around on the forum as hmm. an underappreciated movie? Uh, Speed Racer. I've heard that, too. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the artsy theaters out here that does midnight movies the, uh, uh, is doing, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is, in, um, is doing midnight Speed Racer showings, which uh, uh, leads me to believe that maybe it, it has some sort of cult fan base that, that yeah, goes well, to a midnight movie. Midnight is a great time to be high. 
Sure. Be tripping balls. And I understand that that's the way to watch Speed yeah, Racer. Yeah, maybe so. I do um, not get high. I loved Speed Racer. Really? A wow. lot of people really liked it. My wife and I, we went, and uh, because, you know, everybody tried to look at it like a movie or whatever, but it, it's, <laughs> it's it's a video game, but it's and it's done very influenced with by Japan, and it's, you know, a lot of wipes and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's really great. I mean, I, I talked about it on my podcast when it came out. I said, people are savaging this, but I dug it. The only thing is I can't, it's like two hours and 40 minutes long, so I can't imagine wow. it being a midnight. Movie, Jeez. but wow. it was super long. But it was, gr- I thought it, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so let, I want to hear there's someone called in with one that a lot of people have talked about. Oh, and what happened? Whoa, hey Jordan, Jesse, guest. This is Jordan from Bloomington, Illinois, and I want to speak on the topic of movies that I love that aren't as popular as I'd like. And uh, the movie I want to say is Mystery Men. This is the movie where... Do you like how... uh, An interesting thing about this call is how much emphasis he gives to various words in his non-contentful lead-in, and then how much he buries the... Mystery Men, sure. Mystery Men part. (laughs) Um, Mystery Men... uh, Several people suggested Mystery Men. Nope, they're wrong. Nope, Nope, they're wrong. wrong. It sucks. That's like one of those movies like, oh, God, I mean, like, you know, it came out around the time that I would I was so excited to see a movie with Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo and William H. Macy. Basically, every single person in that movie, I was shitting my pants with excitement to see that movie. Maybe my my, I think I remember my my senior year of high school when my kind of comedy dorkdom was at its, you know, most rabid. I think I had read. Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo's um, self-help parody book that year, wow. too. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mystery Men sucks. It sucks. Directed by the director of the Got Milk ads. Yeah, I remember that being the story around it, too. It's like, <laughs> oh, let's give this guy a movie. Yeah. It was – it's horrible. There's a couple of funny things in it. Uh, there's some there, – it's one of those movies that – has some funny ideas in it that are very poorly yeah, it's a executed. Neat, it's a super neat idea. Like all their all their you know fake superhero character quirks are really funny. But, I think uh, it's one of the worst directed comedies I've ever seen. I think the the director just really sucks the laugh out of even the best jokes. And I think that maybe it's the kind of movie that, if you'll pardon me, geeks like to celebrate more. Not just because of the amazing cast, but because I think sometimes geeks like the idea of something as much as they like the thing no sure and that's a that's a great that's yeah that 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 i think when we are talking about these uh you know act these panned movies i think that might that might come up a lot something that has a solid idea before we before we move on as you guys kick the shit out of mystery men and by proxy jordan from bloomington Illinois. (laughs) yeah fuck that guy let's back off on jordan and skosh because i mean you did ask for movies that are loved by yeah, particular absolutely. people. Absolutely. So, we dis- just disagree. Well, yeah, but we disagree vehemently, and he does not have a forum to re- rebut. I remember Janine Garofalo saying <laughs> He something. may call in again. <laughs> we are <laughs> giving him permission to call in again. <laughs> I remember Janine Garofalo saying something very funny uh, at one point, and there was a number of funny... There's a lot what, of funny things in that? the movie. What year was that? I think it was before... <laughs> what year did Janine Garofalo say something funny? I'm going to go with 1997 or 1998 on okay. that one, too, because I think I was a little earlier in high school. I don't think I was a senior in high school by then, and you're a year younger than I am. Um, it, had some, it had some great jokes in it. There's no doubt about that. I love Janine Garofalo. 
Romantically? Yes. Hmm. Oh, sure. I did. I, I mean, I and I oh, met her didn't? at the Laugh Factory, um, Christ, in, in the late 90s, might have been. 90, yeah. Or, yeah, 97, 98. And I, I, I almost couldn't talk to her. I mean, because I just, I, there's something about I her that I... interviewed her on stage and I almost couldn't talk oh, to her. Oh, my Christ. I, I just, man. What, how did you, did your love, I mean, it doesn't seem like it has, but did your love of her wane when she was kind of in her political pundit phase? Um, You know I didn't love her because of her act and her material. I don't know what it was. It was, it was her personality. And sure. yeah, I mean... Did anyone? Uh, <laughs> I, I saw her live. I saw her she open for... Stuff, she yeah. opened for David Spade and Dennis Miller, and she was very funny. You know, I saw, and, you know, I saw her do a, set, a full set at um, uh, Bumbershoot two years ago when okay. we were there, when I interviewed her. Full set being in 45 minutes? Mm, yeah, 40 So minutes, a real set, okay. A real set. I mean, 35, 40 minutes. And um, uh, there were some parts that weren't funny... Yeah. Um, but the the parts that were intended to be funny were quite funny. Yeah, I, I, does that I make think, sense? Yeah, yeah. I think she's I think beautiful. She's very funny. I, I think I just find she her is, to be yeah, really, really attractive. And I just saw her uh, last year in the green room at the UCB. And again, same thing. Yeah, where I, yeah you know, she's she's very good looking. Well, and everybody's everybody's she's talking. Got, she's got all those crazy tattoos now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they're being funny back and forth. And I want to kind of jump in, but I also don't want to say the clunker and then oh, who's this idiot? You know what I mean? Sure. That because you're in a green room with you know yeah, Janine yeah. and Marin, and uh, you know uh, that's always an intimidating joint to be in. Even though you think you can hold your own, but then the second yeah. you say one wrong thing, you're you're like oh Christ, I can't. Yeah, it's like yeah. diving into the deep end of the pool right away. Yeah, I mean, if I meet Lisa Loeb, at least I won't have to worry that she's funnier funnier than me. <laughs> well, I, uh, dude, I got nothing. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna try to be cute there, and I'm like, no, there's nothing. He's right. I mean, there's, yeah. I can't even top it. Yeah, she's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a hard time talking to her. But at least I won't have to worry that in while having a hard time talking to her, my goal will be to be really funny. Yeah, and that she'll be too funny. Exactly, that's a good point. Yeah, she was. She's very funny. So I, I think we back off Jordan a little bit from Bloomington, Illinois, because he he, he gave of himself. He no, opened sure. himself and up. He, he, he's, he's responded to the assignment. <laughs> exactly. You know, he was. He's not like he picked a movie that was like you know. Yeah, and then we put the boots to him. Popular. You know what I mean? A lot of great lines in the movie. Uh, they're all sh- they're all basically stepped upon by the horrible milk commercial like direction. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of things when you think back on the movie, you can think, oh, that was a really funny thing that happened in that movie. Although I will say this, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, no need for me to say this, given that there's a giant, uh, print of him on my wall in a frame, uh, my hero, my, probably my number one favorite all time comedy person of ever any kind. Uh, but he was horrible and not funny at all in that movie. <laughs> Just not funny at all. Blame it on the milkman. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's go back to the phones and get one more. Hey, Jordan Jessica, this is Elizabeth in Washington, and I was calling with an action item about um, overlooked movies. One of my favorite movies is Step Up to the Streets. Um, Step Up 1, perfectly fine dance movie, but Step Up 2 just has awesome jams, really great um, routines, and they don't waste too much time with some, you know, storyline that you don't really care about. So Step Up to the Streets um, is my overlooked movie recommendation can i say that i there is a sig, not insignificant portion of me that wants to go see step up 3d although you know i i hear you uh yeah. i maybe want to backtrack and say that this isn't the assignment okay because they, that was successful enough to make a third one so maybe okay. it was critically panned, and maybe you know I'm assuming she's. Well, I think it's fair because when she goes, when she tells her buddies that she really loves Step yeah, Up, too, they're going to rag on her. Yeah, 
sure. But anyways, I mean, continue. Um, you know, a movie, uh, a, a movie that a, that you get that gets a lot of this is Roll Bounce, mm-hmm. uh, starring Bow Wow. Um, I uh, there are a lot of, that has a very significant and committed fan base. Um, and I have to say, I was kind of disappointed by Roll Bounce. I watched it based on the fact that people kept telling me, "Hey, you should, you would really like Roll Bounce." Okay. And this is a dance movie. This is a dance battle movie. This is a roller skating battle movie. Okay. Um, set in the nineteen, this is a period roller skating hmm. battle movie starring yeah. Bow Wow. Um, it does have some charming elements to it. Uh, it does not work as a film, and the problem with it is that the roller skate dancing isn't cool enough. Sure. I think roller skate dancing is actually kind of cool. Uh, there's guys not cool in the sense of, like, Miles Davis is cool, <laughs> but neat. I think roller skate dancing is neat. Uh, you're talking to the wrong guy. There's guys who do roller disco in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, and whenever I see it, I'm like, hey, cool, look at those guys doing roller disco. Isn't that charming? Um, <laughs> but that having been said, uh, I can see the dan- potentially the dancing in Step Up 3D being good enough that I would enjoy watching Step Up 3D. Especially because it's in 3D. Okay. Really? You're finding the 3D something you enjoy? Yeah, well, it's a... Yeah, I kind of... I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't want to watch a real movie in 3D particularly. Yeah. I think there's a legitimization of 3D that I can't buy into because it kind of gives me a headache and it's annoying to look at and definitely takes me out of the film. I'm I'm an old man and I'm in the phase of, you know, you kids get out of my yard in my movie going. So I'm I'm angered by the 3D. I found Avatar to be a very upsetting movie going experience. I just found it so unpleasant in, I mean, in many ways, but especially the 3D. I really enjoyed Avatar. Uh-huh. I recognize the script is flawed. I recognize it's a well, child story. Get, we're not going to get into you don't. You don't have to worry. Well, I, every time I say it. it, I get savaged. And, right. and uh, you know, Dave. I, luckily, I haven't seen Dave Anthony because I think he'll probably still punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I just, you know, it was one of the worst movies I watched all of. Yeah, I, 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 I was so intimidated by the accomplishment, uh, uh-huh. which I've talked about. I actually was in my own head for a week about how he created a world he, and a language. Where everything and is blue. It was. In, it was just. It was like Black Hawk Down, like when I saw that. I've, I've talked about this many times where I – just the sheer enormity. It's someone could fly a helicopter because there's so many levers. The, those scenes when they're filming the chase through Somalia and the, the, every window is covered by a camera. And, I, dude, I just – I couldn't do it. I can barely talk every week on the show. <laughs> yeah. And I see the, them making these films in Avatar. Like I said, the, just the enormity of the task. Uh, bowled me over. So I'm interested in the message thread. I'm sure there are some people out there who have watched Step Up 3D. And in fact, I know that Mariel, former Max Fun intern Mariel Reyes, um, who is a huge film geek, uh, went to see Step Up 3D and loved it. Yeah, I I uh, I heard about a comedy hipster trip to see Step Up 3D. Anyway, so it, ironically, was that being uh, doing it ironically because I would not be doing it ironically. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the tone was. I don't know the guy who was telling me about it well enough to judge if they were going to like get high and laugh at it or uh, hard to say, unclear. But I, I am saying that I recognize there is a contingent of uh, non thirteen year old girls going to see this. I have to say okay. one thing about comedy hips, hipster field trips. Sure. Um, yesterday I was recording a sketch for uh, The Sound of Young America mm-hmm. with uh, past Jordan Jesse Go guests and all time great funny guys, uh, Paul Shear and Seth Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul was relating to us the story of his trip to see Weird Al at the Orange County Fair. Yes. 
Um, he, along with basically every every person from who's ever come from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and become famous, and Michael Sarah, uh, got a limousine <laughs> to take them to Orange County Great. to watch Weird Al. Um, and Paul said with absolute sincerity and very charmingly, I thought, that he thought it might have been the best concert he'd ever seen. Yeah, as someone who has seen Weird Al at the county fair before, the wow. Orange County Fair specifically. Whoa. Yeah, no, we, I mean Weird Al is 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 a, a cool character, I think, because he definitely straddles the line of like just saying Weird Al is like a funny reference of here's something goofy from the '80s. Yeah. Like you know, if you need if you were talking about how goofy the '80s was, you could just say Weird Al in place of hyper color shirt or Thompson uh, twins Thompson twins sure and like that gets a laugh like yeah. it's, a, it's a reference and it's kind of even a placeholder one but I think Weird Al unlike those other things Weird Al was a very good performer I mean you know definitely the songs are more funny to you know a 10 year old and he but, also got it and Jamie Lee Curtis that was the yeah, other Jamie element of this story Jamie oh, wow. Lee Curtis was standing in front of Paul Shear at the show and Paul said that she sang every word oh, to every song, yay. including the new ones. So good. Wow. So it's like, yeah, everybody knows Eat It. Yeah. But <laughs> who knows that new song that's sort of Jonathan Coltony about uh, being a failed actor who works at Disneyland. Sure. I, I, last I knew was the Craigslist uh, Doors parody. That yeah. was the last one it's I saw. pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. Because um, it was great, and it was great. But yeah, but, it was great. Sure, but Weird Al, like, yeah, he's a good musician. He's yeah. a good singer. Um, you know, and like I said, he gets it. He knows. Yeah, he's not a. Uh, when you say he's a caricature or a creature of the '80s, the character of Weird Al is. But I think he himself, yeah. understands that, and he plays that role at the fair to do his thing. But off stage, he's not like Dice Clay, who's still walking around as Dice Clay. You right? Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he kind of gets that that's a role he fills, and then he can be himself when he's off stage. And uh, you know, then he's on Tim and Eric and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I also suspect that maybe you know, current ten year old boys still like Weird Al albums. They do. Yeah, and anyway. God bless him for it. No one. If you say a bad word about, by the way, one other thing. I I know people. So you say a bad word about uh, Weird Al. You're on my shit list. Um, <laughs> and I don't even really care about Weird Al. I didn't grow up listening to Weird Al and like, loving Weird Al. Uh-huh. But he just seems like a great guy, and God bless him. So yes. fuck you if you're going to bitch about Weird Al. But I don't think that's... I don't think anybody does. I feel right. like it's universal. Exactly. However, I want to say one more thing, which is this. Uh, Michael Sarah, sure, who starred in the recent film Scott Pilgrim that I went to see. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still in theaters? Starred in numerous... Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It just was checking. A, it wasn't a total failure. Um, it was very enjoyable. Um, I'm not sure if it, not sure if it worked, but, uh, basically, uh, I give 10 stars to Edgar Wright, the director, everything he did worked in a way that I did not expect. Are you a Scott Pilgrim comic? I had read the first couple of ones. I'm not a big comic book guy, but okay. I had read the first couple of ones because I'm negotiating. I'm hoping to get the guy who writes them on the sound of young America. I see. And, and so you wouldn't, it's not like you went in judging it or having no, preconceived no, notions. Not at all. I, I had, I had enjoyed the first two. I mean, it didn't change my life, but, um, uh, uh, you know, it's not a core part of my identity. They seemed they were fun. Um, I liked I liked them. That's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about <laughs> is this. Sorry. I'm tired of people ragging on Michael Sarah. Uh, number one, he's really funny. Sure. Uh, he's really good at what he does. 
Um, number two, he's the same in every movie. Yeah, that's called being in a fucking movie. Like, tell me what are the tell me the people who have multiple personae who are starring in comic films. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Yeah, no one was mad at Charlie Chaplin for playing the same character in every movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that hack. You know what? And and uh, and like the guy is the guy is really making an effort to do good things. Like some of his efforts have failed. But you know what? If you're in if you're in a lot of movies and some of them don't suck, you haven't been in a lot of movies. Like the reality of the situation is that you know most movies suck. I I think the problem with with Michael Sarah and, and this perception is I think we're it's because we're being told we're supposed to like him over and over and they keep putting out his vehicles in his movies and he continues come on but he I mean, is doing michael Sarah in all of his movies that yeah, because that's tough. the role and he's think, been called and to think, do and i think in that contrast the, the to feelings. say george clooney or and i think the will I, ferrell or do, oh don't will ferrell i'm Jim with you Carrey yes or, i dude yes i agree but those guys are 35 year old men who are can do over the top and big laughs and craziness and had established goodwill with an anchor man or you know or Ace Ventura, whether you like it or not, and they became so they were able to go kind of and coast on those personalities and be those guys. Michael Sarah has Arrested Development and Superbad. Superbad was a monster hit, but but everybody ca- walked away from that movie going, "Wow, McLovin! Oh my God, McLovin!" <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I, I'm not believing. What I'm, not... I'm saying is the man's really funny, and I don't say. Sure. And here's the thing. But actually, actually, I think I mean, maybe when when people when when there is the negative Michael Sarah feeling, I think maybe what it more is it is it's not like not liking Michael Sarah because yes, he is totally funny, but I think it's more of a that's the thing. He could do that and not be funny. Sure. That's the other thing. Absolutely. He is a gifted comic actor. It's not just happenstance. People act as though like, well all he does is just show up on screen and schlub around a little bit. He he <laughs> But you're talking to the wrong people. That that's idiot that's the same people who who make you know yell at Barry Bonds. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? They, right. Exactly. Yeah. And all these people can go fuck themselves. Sure. And I think maybe there's just kind of a it's a burnout. And it's a burnout on that yes. kind of movie. That so this mi- is what I would like to ask. Okay. If you are burned out on Michael Sarah, he has been in a lot of films. Uh, and I can totally understand being burned, just as I could understand being burned out on Will Ferrell, for example. Oh, who is, yeah. I think, one of the funniest people that exists, but I can understand being burned out on him. You seen, have you ever seen that other guy's? I enjoyed it. The other guy's is funny. It's very funny. Is it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, again, totally because of my I'm burned out on Will Ferrell, I have not seen it. And, and, and here's the uh, thing. A relative departure from the character he usually plays. I mean, it's still super Will Ferrell, but, I mean, it is a different kind of... Yeah. S- semi-pro was it for me, where I just went, yeah, I that's, sure. you know, that, these guys are just that's showing fine. up and, and getting four of their improv friends together, slapping on mustaches and, and doing whatever they want. <laughs> slapping on some mustaches. Here's the thing. It, I, don't, I don't mind, I sincerely don't mind if you're not into that anymore. You're tired of it. It's not that funny to you anymore because you've seen it before, whatever. That's t- all sincerely mm-hmm. totally fine with me. But don't tell me about how he sucks or you hate him. But because that, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're absolutely right because he doesn't suck. No, and if you say he's you hate really him, good. But that's on them. That's on those people. Because again, it's the same thing with yeah. These people are assholes. That's why I hate them. Yeah. That's why I'm telling them to go fuck themselves. I see. All right, I apologize. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you know I, I'm with you because I, I don't. But Michael that's Sarah, Michael Sarah was on the Sandy Young America five years ago. Nicest guy ever. Just sure. a super nice guy working really hard, living in fucking Toronto with his parents. Right. But the the problem is the the spin. 
the problem is the you know where they come at you yeah, with one is the spin of I'm a human being that isn't a dick, and the other is I'm the spin of like oh I'm so catty about pop culture. You Fuck mi- you. You're misinterpreting what I said. The, the spin that is, that is coming from studios and oh. are the people who are trying to you know Michael Sarah Michael Sarah, and so people eventually just go fuck i'm tired of this guy i've seen him do the same thing over and over in four different movies not realizing that's what he was asked to do nobody said dude could you make taxi driver for us that'd be great no they want him to do what he does and does best and he's really good at it uh yeah. there was this yeah and i think i and i think the advertising does have a lot to do with that uh, i remember the advertising specifically for the um for youth and revolt uh-huh um the tv spots for youth and revolt which was the the uh, before this most recent one, the most recent Michael Cera exactly. failure exactly. movie. Um, but it seemed like it was maybe a movie that, you know, was was maybe a little more... To w- be was, fair, Youth and Revolt was not a movie that was made with intentions of it becoming super bad. Right, and I was going to mention that. But it, maybe but, it was mentioned, maybe made to be a smaller movie, but maybe because of the presence of him and the recently famous Zach Galifianakis, it kind of got this push to be this bigger movie, this big... Yeah, Yeah. comedy hit. And I remember the trailers for it were super obnoxious and cut in the style of a trailer for a, you know, oh, God, what's a terrible comedy? Lottery ticket? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was cut in that style and had that style of announcer saying, and, and the quotes were like, Michael Sarah shows his badass side, and then there's Zach Galifianakis. That guy from The Hangover. Yeah. And I think that's where the bad feeling comes from. And it's not that... That movie was – I didn't see that movie, but maybe it's great and uh, – So it sounds like we can agree that what we don't want to hear is this stuff against people who are making things uh, when they're good just because somebody else is selling it. And th- that, our, that our ire should be focused on the dickhead who decides to – or maybe we should just take responsibility for our own lives and <laughs> not go see movies that we don't like. That's and the thing. Not That's- complain about Make it, those sure. decisions. Dude, I, again, it's – I don't want to get into this thing, but it's the internet. The internet has, has crushed everything. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone thinks that you should hear their opinion, and everyone thinks that their opinion is right. So nobody will listen. There's no discourse. I, I – I'm a huge Van Halen fan. You guys are young. But there was a band, <laughs> band called Van Halen from the dinosaur era that was my favorite band of all time. Well, A dino band. Exactly. Sure. They, went at a, they had a, a reunion tour in 2007. So that was, this was the band with Louis Prima, right? No, I'm sorry. A, a modern day Louis Prima and young David Lee Roth. <laughs> sure. Um, so then, just last week, they announced they're making a new album with David Lee Roth. Uh-huh. And uh, it was on Yahoo. It was the, one of Wait. the top news stories. Diamond David Lee Yes, Roth? sir. Diamond Dave. And uh, it said Van Halen to reunite. Of California Girls remake? Absolutely. And just a gigolo fame. And uh, <laughs> he is on this thing on Yahoo. And I look underneath. There's 2,300 comments. And I go, don't look. Don't look. <laughs> don't look. But I said, I have to look. And I said, I'll look at the first five. The first one is, man, Eddie must be fucking broke to get back with Dave, stupid. And then uh, another one was, uh, Dave hasn't had a girl since he got, went bald and got kicked out of the band. Like, these are the first three quotes. And I just want, you, you guys know they each made $30 million in 2007 from the reunion tour. Yeah. If you're a fan of the band, the worst thing that could have happened was the reunion tour before the album. Because now they don't have to make an album. Yeah. So I, just, but these people, again, he's broke. They're stupid. It's just like with Michael Sarah, you know, where they just savage a guy. Oh, I've seen this fucking movie before. Then sure. don't go and shut up. Yeah. Enjoy the things that you enjoy. Go ahead and get Devil in a Blue Dress, which I understand is fantastic. 
And don't fucking harangue Michael Sarah for doing what he they want him to do. Can I take a second to add something to our complaints about complaints department? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, there's one other thing that's been bothering me lately, and we're not going to have time for momentous occasions this week. We're already probably running long. Sure. Um, but it's something that came up for me when I was reading magazines at the cabin. <laughs> Uh, and that is jokes in magazines. Yeah. Dear magazines, for God's sakes, quit it with the not joke jokes. Sure. <laughs> You're not funny. Just be informative. Maybe if this was four years ago when Chuck Klosterman was writing for Esquire. Yes. But there, he's not anymore. There have been, don't get me wrong, there have been funny people who wrote for magazines. Sure. My issue is not with someone writing something funny in a magazine. For example, uh, this week our friend Simon Rich, uh, Saturday Night Live writer and uh, brilliant, brilliant genius comedy writer, has a piece in The New Yorker that's very, very funny. Um, uh, not that most of those comedy pieces in The New Yorker are funny. What? But um, <laughs> You don't like Shouts and Murmurs? <laughs> but Simon Rich does write a piece for sh- Shouts and Murmurs every few months, and it's almost invariably hilarious. Um, I'm not saying that funny people shouldn't write for magazines or that there shouldn't be funny pieces in magazines. I'm saying that magazine writers shouldn't try and be funny. Ah. That is something that happened with Maxim in 1995. <laughs> And all of a sudden, every section of a magazine that comes before the articles is all just non-joke joke. Just like I get – I got a $5 subscription to Esquire magazine. So, so did I'm I. Like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a men's style sure. journalist. Mm-hmm. I should do this. I just got off a plane where I was reading an Esquire, so we can talk about that. And this Me is too. A, I subscribe. Esquire. No, sure, yeah, yeah. This is a We're all subscribers. We're in. This is a magazine. We get that, the little black style book. <laughs> this, this is a magazine that will hire a – fuck, I know the guy who edits the black book. Um, the the this is a magazine that'll hire George Saunders, uh, the brilliant and hilarious literary writer, to do real writing. Like it's not a magazine that's full of that's exclusively for the retarded. <laughs> it's not Maxim, um, but uh, guess what? Uh, there's 40 pages of bullshit non jokes. Sure. Oh. I think GQ comedy issue was what pissed me off. Uh, That was was rough, too. That was rough. I'm like, this is a thing that's full of things about comedians that are brilliantly funny. They did a pretty good job of picking funny people to be in it. Sure. Um, uh, Among other things, our friend Tom Sharpling, our friend uh, Jimmy Pardo were both mentioned in this. Uh, Very happy to have lots of great, talented people highlighted in the comedy issue. Um, And some people, some of the comedians wrote funny things. There was a thing of... uh, 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 Donald, God, what was Donald Glover's thing? And it was funny. I Don forget, Glover I forget wrote what something it was, very but... funny. It was, oh, it was an the, alternate uh, version of Precious. Precious sure. Um, there, was lots of, there was lots of funny stuff in this magazine that was created by funny people. And then, for some reason, just regular people who write for GQ made jokes in it a lot. And also, they took a lot of pictures of comedians slipping on banana peels and shit. <laughs> and those are the same thing. But if we can back, backtrack to Esquire, the most non funny funny thing in there uh is that sex columnist who uh, gets like these legitimate sex questions and i'm like hey you know what i might like to read some sexual advice but they're all reading dan savage sure absolutely but yeah but uh but she's just uh (laughs) just just terribly unfunny and it's all a joke and then you don't get any information so terribly unfunny and she had a photo which was her uh her her photo with the column for a while and then uh she changed it as they will update their photos and I, I think she went in and said, do me a favor. Make it look like I have a condominium on my face. Please, do me a favor. I, I don't mean to be that guy who's catty about a picture, but she went from being semi-attractive to, oh, you're the sex columnist? Uh, my first question, do you have any ever with that photo? 
Seriously, with that mug. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a broad condition. And I sure is. <laughs> it's easily nice. it's easily that solved. Got it. It's easily solved. Here's how you solve it. Um, if you're a writer for a magazine, think to yourself: Am I a professional humorist? If the answer is no, don't try and be funny. Sure. But but the problem is, and this gets back almost to the Michael Sarah thing. Everybody thinks they're a professional humorist. Oh, Everyone. especially a professional journalist. They, they, all of they're them. Like, I'm a writer. Yeah, I can be funny. I can turn a phrase. I can do this, and it's just it's everything is just artless snark and non funny funny. Did you know that David Mamet submits cartoons to the New Yorker? I did not know that. That's really great. He is kind of funny uh, in a funny way. But I bet you, I bet you, we don't. Maybe we don't know who it is, but. Uh... Uh, per our last conversation, I bet you David Mamet has a surprising celebrity buddy. Uh, oh. Jonathan Katz. They're best friends. Well, there you go. No way. Yes way. Yep. Good Lord. Game over. Best yes, friends. <laughs> and the mismatching continues. They're best friends. They went to college together in Vermont. Judaism, I'm sure, is important. Absolutely. <laughs> in in Mamet's case, uh, specific uh, Jewish ethnicities yeah. among the Jewish people <laughs> and distinctions therein would be very important. Anyway, uh, wasn't that nice that you, that you said that he had a dis- surprising celebrity friend? I yeah, I don't was. know if I just knew that out, out, out of the back of my mind or if it was just a charming coincidence. Man, but, you, uh, know, you, know who's really, two. you know who's really delight. Jonathan Katz. No, sure. Come okay. on. I talked to him on the phone a couple times when he first started podcasting because he had been uh, he had been on the Sound of Young America right around then. Um, he just makes jokes continuously <laughs> in his deadpan voice, like and they're corny jokes. Just not. I mean, he's a he's a very great he's a great joke writer as well. But he just you can tell all he cares about in the world is making a joke. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably him and Mamet just sit together and make corny jokes to each other. One after another, after another, after another. Come up with ideas for uh, New Yorker cartoons. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Schmidt, inconvenience. It's, wasn't it nice to have Mike Schmidt here? Absolutely. Always the, is. The man's, number one, he's hilarious. Sure. Number two, the man's a professional. Yeah. Number three, he comes in here ready to go. Oh, I don't mess around. No, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm. been home chatting for six hours on my own. <laughs> talking to a shoebox. Taking calls. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got Sarah from Easy Credit on the line. Oh, hey, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sarah. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Um, Mike Schmidt is, uh, we're, I'm so proud that the sound of young America could be part of, uh, sponsoring the, uh, world premiere of his one man show in San Francisco. It's called the 40 year old virgin. Success is not an option. It's called the 40 year old boy. Success is not an option. Oh, but you're very close. You're Fucking right in the neighborhood. God. That was, I promised that was a slip of the tongue. That's okay. But a... when I, look, when I'm sponsored by sound of Mike said America, sex, we all know he has, <laughs> Um, Again, uh, I was up preparing all morning. <laughs> that was an embarrassing slip of the tongue, but uh, only a slip of the tongue. Um, it's going to be at the Dark Room Theater on August 20th. I got and the month 21st. right this time. And 21st? I thought, yes, it was t- I thought it was two shows on the 20th. Nope. Two show, uh, August 20th and August 21st at 10 o'clock both nights. Oh. Well, hopefully people who read my email blast will figure that out. I'm sure they will. Um, and I think it's going to be a fucking delightful time. Tickets are only 15 bucks. Um, if you go to MaximumFun.org, you will see it in our uh, events uh, in the sidebar. You can click on it. There's a ticket link there. 
Um, it's very much well worth your money. You get to go out there and see an amazing show. Our pal Bucky Sinister, past uh, Jordan Jesse Go guest, is is hosting the show. Um, it's really going to be uh, really going to be a great time. Um, and so I insist that if you're in the Bay Area, you, you make some time to go out there. Well, I want to thank you guys for for throwing uh, first of all having me on, and secondly for for actually promoting or helping and throwing behind the sound of Young America on on this show because. Uh, I mean, you know, nobody knows who the hell I am, so it's nice to have anybody hey, people, who, who has a built-in audience telling them about it. People who live in the Bay Area know about uh, the the promotional power of KALWFM. Of sure. course, they do. They, they know about this because where else would they turn to find out what the school lunch menu is, <laughs> which is a real thing that they do on KALW. Fantastic. Nice. Um, and I want to thank Bucky Sinister, too, because this does not happen without him. Oh, Bucky Sinister. What a great guy, right? He, he reached out to me and said, dude, I will take care of everything if you'll come up here. And that's all I need, pretty much. <laughs> so if you guys have a town and you want me to come to it. <laughs> if you have a town. Just call me you and go. your own town. We'll do everything. And sure. I said, fine, I'm in. Yeah. I'll come and talk if you want me to. Bucky's, Bucky's a prince of a guy as well. Good. I'm looking forward to meeting him. I've not met him. Um, I also want to mention, before we go, that uh, The Sound of Young America Live in New York City DVD, now <laughs> available in the Max Fun Store. Uh, Max Fun store.com it's a dvd for those who uh didn't get one in the pledge drive or are looking for one a lot of people have been asking me they want one to so they can have one to share with friends or to introduce somebody to the show etc 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 um it's our full live show that we did in new york city uh about a year ago with uh andrew wk nelly mckay um uh who scott adsit uh, Rick Cordero, the hip-hop music video director, an amazing comedy set from Kumail Nanjiani, who's uh, fantastically funny and was uh, profiled in the New York Times about uh, 10 days later. And, uh, and profiled at LaGuardia two days after that. <laughs> hey, hey, that was, that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> oh, thanks. I can say good on that one. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> Um, uh, as well as the short that Jordan and I made, um, it's the only place you can get it. It's not on the web. Um, uh, the sound of young America TV pilot may be hidden in there. Mm. It may be that I don't have the rights to it. So it's not there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not there. Uh, but it's conceivable that, uh, someone, a rogue DVD engineer might've hidden it in Could there. Could have been an accident at sound of young America industries. Hot coffee situation. Um, <laughs> like, interviews with, hot coffee uh, would make you include a television pilot. Oh, uh, that there was, uh, a rogue programmer, uh, hid a sex scene in grand theft auto. Uh, and the phrase hot coffee entered into it somehow. And it oh. kind of became the Fox news. It was the, if you, if you remember fuck face, the Billy oh, Rifkin baseball, I, that I do. Uh, it was the fuck face of the video <laughs> game. Industry. Okay. I, I've actually seen that scene online, but did not know that it was an accident. Yeah. That's some sort of, you have to hack it in some way, I but see. it kind of became the Fox news. Let's show this clip every time we want to talk about how video games are destroyed. Of course. And yeah, one clip out of sure. billions of bytes. Anyway, so many people have written to me that they were like so amazed that it was such a beautiful DVD. The packaging was so nice that we had nice menus and the quality was high. It is a real thing, I promise. We worked really hard to make this a real thing. Um, And it's only 18 bucks at MaxFunStore.com. In addition to all the cool stuff that you can get there, Sound of Young America t-shirts, Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts, Max Fun Rocket Chip t-shirts, you know, uh, all kinds of shit, all at MaxFunStore.com. 206-984-4-FUN is the number to call um, if you'd like to leave a message, if you've had a momentous occasion, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, can I can I do something? I'm sorry. Of course. It's just of to course. take Please. advantage of your large audience, just to say that they can go and find me at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Yeah, and you can they can listen to your podcast, the Forty Year Old Virgin. <laughs> Indeed, it's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but I would search Forty Year Old Boy in iTunes. You'd probably find it a lot sooner then. And then uh, also you can go to Facebook.com slash Mike uh, or slash the Forty Year Old Boy. Yeah, and then you can also go to twitter.com uh, slash uh, the forty year old. It's a good place uh, to learn about a full and generous accounting of the mistakes that you've made in your <laughs> life and continue to make. Yeah, um, our theme music is "Love You" by the Free Design, courtesy of Light in the Attic Records. And actually, um, I got an email from a listener um, uh, about uh, the Free Design, and there was. There was kind of some sad news about uh, the Free Design. One of the members of the Free Design, and I'm looking up his name so that I don't, I should have, uh, I should have said this. So you don't call him knocked um, up, Chris Chris <laughs> Dedrick, um, uh, Chris Dedrick of the of the Free Design um, uh, passed on this past uh, just about a week ago. Um, so we're very sorry to hear that. And as always, you know, we really appreciate the them and the label sharing that music with us. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll see you online at MaximumFun.org, at Mike's show on uh, the 20th and, and 21st in San Francisco, at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, and uh, next time right here on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Go! <laughs>